Welcome everybody to our presentation um, for at reInvent here about Amazon LightSail. So we're talking uh, zero to light speed, building production apps easily with Amazon LightSail. Um, my name is Emily Kruger. I'm product manager for LightSail, and I'm joined by Gabriel Gosselin, who is one of our engineers on the front end um, for LightSail. Um, so we're going to be having a fairly demo-heavy presentation today. We kind of walk you through the process of starting with your first instance and building up to a more scaled production workload on Amazon LightSail. Um, just by a show of hands, how many people here know what LightSail is? Yep, most people? Some of you don't. Interesting. Interesting choice of presentation, but I hope you learn a lot. Um, and how many people have used LightSail? Okay, not very many. Awesome. Well, then everyone's going to have a lot to learn. I'm going to start the first couple of slides just giving you a basic overview um, of LightSail since we have some people in the audience here that are less familiar with it. Um, so LightSail is meant to be kind of our easy-to-use cloud platform. Um, it's designed for getting workloads up and running quickly in the cloud and easily without necessarily needing to have any background expertise um, in running and managing um, infrastructure on AWS. And we have a couple of things that are unique about LightSail versus other AWS services. The first is that we have, um, we create bundles. So we have bundles of compute uh, resources, of storage, and of networking um, that come for a fixed monthly price. Um, so our smallest bundles start at $5 a month um, for Linux and $10 a month for Windows. Um, and you kind of know that you're not going to exceed that cost um, unless you were to use a very large amount of data transfer. So every plan has a healthy amount of data transfer that's included bundled into the cost. Um, and we also do, I mean, we do build these hourly. So if you were to spin up a LightSail instance and run it for two hours, you'd only be billed for two hours of use. Um, so you know, bundled service and um, that it's a low predictable price are you know, sort of our two differentiators. Um, we also have a, um, our own console that's designed to be very easy to use. It sort of hides a lot of the um, you know, bells and whistles, the settings and um, configuration of um, what you might find in the full AWS. But it makes it very easy to get started without necessarily having to understand concepts like security groups or IAM roles, um, et cetera. Uh, but even though we are designed to be a sort of very easy to use app, um, service, we also have the ability for you to grow and become more um, build more complex services over time. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about the features we've been adding in recent months to LightSail to make it um, easier to scale applications, be able to create more powerful applications on LightSail. Um, but you also have access to AWS services um, through LightSail uh, as well. So you can um, access you know, the whole hundreds of services that we have available um, on AWS and use a lot of those with your LightSail instances. Um, and finally, we have our own API. So for those of you who prefer to do things more programmatically, we do have sort of um, the API that does everything that you can do in your con the console. So, I was talking about light cell plans. So each light cell plan comes with a fixed amount of computing um, power with um, an SSD block storage system disk, so your boot volume. Um, and it also comes with a data transfer quota. So um, our smallest plan, for instance, comes with a terabyte of data transfer included in the cost of the plan. Um, we also have some product um, services like DNS management that are included in the platform for free as well. So you can create DNS zones and do your DNS management um, through the LightCell console as well. Um, and finally, we have the concept of um, static IPs, which uh, you can attach a static IP to a LightCell instance in order to be able to um, make sure that you maintain that IP if something were to happen to your instance or you were to reboot it. Um, it would have a fixed IP address. 
Um, and finally, we offer an easy growth path, the ability to start small um, and scale over time um, to more complex services. So um, today is actually LightSeal's one-year anniversary, or birthday, I suppose. Um, we launched last year in Andy's um, keynote. And um, since then, we've been really busy adding features um, to make the product um, you know, better to easier to use, more scalable, um, based on you know, feedback that we've heard from our customers. And so when we launched, we launched in one region. We launched in U.S. East, Northern Virginia. And we're since then now in 10 global regions um, across the world. We fairly recently localized into eight languages. So we're now available in French, German, Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, simplified Chinese, Korean, and Japanese. Um, and we um, also launched Windows Server. And so we were very excited about this release. It was a big customer request. Um, being able to support you know, Windows workloads um, with the same simple experience that we launched for Linux environments. Uh, one of the, um, what we think is a very cool feature of our Windows Server uh, instances is that you can one-click um, RDP in um, directly from the browser. So you're able to very easily access um, the, you know, the um, interface, uh, Windows interface, right from LightSail. Um, and then we, about, I think about two weeks ago, right, Gabriel? Um, it's all blurs together, um, launched uh, additional block storage um, for LightSail. So this gives you the ability to attach block storage um, to your LightSail instances in addition to the system disk that came with your LightSail um, bundle. Um, so we're actually going to talk about that in some detail since it's a new feature uh, and an important part of scaling. So the flow of our presentation is going to be roughly this. We're going to talk about how you get started just by creating your first instance, then how you use LightSail to be able to add more um, features, uh, add more resources over time to build more complex applications. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how you can add AWS services to your LightSail instances in order to go to the next step um, beyond what you're able to do inside of the LightSail console. So with that, we're going to start um, with just showing you how this looks. Um, we have a lot of newbies in the audience here, so this will give you your first glance at the LightSail console. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, as, as Emily mentioned, my name is Gabriel Gosselin, and I'm a front-end developer for LightSail. So it's my pleasure to actually show you around on the things that we build every day. Um, so this is what the homepage looks like. And um, as you can see, there are tabs to kind of collect uh, your instances, networking, storage, and snapshots. Um, we're going to talk about instances right now. Uh, you can see that I've already got a few here, but let's see how easy it is to actually add a new one. Um, so one of the things Emily mentioned was the fact that we are actually available in multiple regions. Um, we launched in Virginia. We now have three regions in the United States, three in Europe, and four in Asia Pacific. Um, in addition to regions, uh, each region has multiple availability zones, just like uh, the rest of AWS. Um, and that is a feature that's important for redundancy and resiliency. So, um, you know, that, <laughs> that's about regions. Uh, next, you get to pick uh, an instance image. So we launched with Linux and Unix, um, and we've actually progressively added more uh, instance types over the last year. Um, one of our newest additions is actually Plesk Hosting Stack on Ubuntu. This is actually brand new. One of our engineers worked very diligently to, to get it out in time for reInvent, um, and we actually think that this is going to 
uh, you know, satisfy the needs of a lot of our users because it does simplify that traditional hosting, uh, you know, HTML, that, that sort of thing um, with uh, a user-friendly config panel uh, in addition to the other images that we already have, such as WordPress. We also have OS only. We launched with two, Amazon Linux and Ubuntu, and over the last year have added Debian, uh, FreeBSD, and OpenSUSE. And uh, we have lots of requests for other OS types, and we are getting them in just as uh, quickly as we can get the right resources together to make sure that you have that same um, smooth experience with LightSail. So without further ado, um, I'm going to create an Amazon Linux instance in uh, Ohio, since it's one of our newer data centers, and there's lots of capacity there. And um, you know what? I'm just going to go for the, the middle tier. It's got a lot of capacity, and I can say um, that this is my reInvent demo machine. All right. So behind the scenes, we've created an instance, added the right security groups to make sure that an instance is publicly available. So it, you know, the user gets a one-click uh, experience, and uh, it's actually pretty pretty easy to get set up. Um, so one of the things that, that we've done is to make SSH and RDP very easy. So um, with a Linux instance here, um, you can see that I can use this one-click connect using SSH. I'll show you the RDP one. They're very similar. But let's say you know, you're a power user. Um, you created this using the default key. You want to use your own SSH terminal. It's as easy as going to your account page um, and grabbing oops, the uh, default SSH key, uh, in this case for Ohio, because that's where I created it. Uh, so we have this notion, I mean, we, we take AWS's dedication to security um, just uh, to heart just as much. Um, so this is the default key that, that we store, but it is, you know, stored with the user's credentials kind of mixed in there in such a way that, you know, we can't access uh, anything on your device uh, without, well, we just can't. <laughs> so going back to a Windows instance now, um, you can see that, same thing, if you have your own uh, RDP client that you want to connect with, you can show the default password. Again, behind the scenes, uh, this is actually encrypted with the default key for uh, the region that it's in, so it is a secure, uh, secure password storage. Um, but if all you want to do is quickly connect with one click, there you have it. Um, and so one of, the, one of the things that we do have working with Windows is uh, I'm on a Mac right now, and um, this is a Windows machine. Uh, so I actually want to show that. Hello from Windows. Um, that I can actually copy this, and of course I'm forgetting all of my keyboard shortcuts. Uh, and when I copy it, um, you can see that the information is available here in my clipboard. And then if I say, um, Hello from Mac, uh, and click in. I can now use my Windows shortcut, Control V, and Hello from Mac. So you can actually copy things in um, and copy things out with uh, RDP. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Emily. Awesome, thanks, Gabriel. So as you can see from you know that demo, we were focusing a lot on ease of use, things to be um, uh, simplifying the decisions that you have to make when you are launching an instance. And once you have that first instance, um, we're continuing down our growth path. 
So you're able to, um, if you start off, for instance, let's say with a $5 Linux instance, um, which is our free tier, so you get that for a month for free, and then you decide, okay, I'm ready to launch a production workload on LightSale, but I'm gonna probably need more resources. Um, you're able to um, increase your plan size by taking a snapshot and recreating from snapshot, so it's quite easy to scale those up. Um, you also, of course, can launch more than one instance, um, and for instance, be able to um, separate out workloads. So you could create a database instance and then connect it to your main web server. Uh, and then you're also able to create redundancy. So one of the great things about AWS as a whole, I mean, you guys all know this, you're here at reInvent. You know, we have the ability to distribute across availability zones um, and create failover. And we've also um, launched a new feature that we're gonna talk about in just a few slides that's gonna make high availability and redundancy even easier um, on LightSail. Oops, that was backwards. All right, um, so let's talk about attaching block storage. So I mentioned block storage is a brand new feature um, for us on LightSail, only a few weeks old. Um, and it works as you know, an attached disk to your um, LightSail instance. Uh, they're SSD backed. And they're also highly available. So each one of these instances, um, you know, like, like many AWS services, is designed for 99.9% availability. Um, and each of these disks is also replicated inside of its availability zone to make sure that um, your data is going to be protected in case of any type of component failure. Um, this type of storage, um, as I'm sure many of you know, is really good for low latency performance. So each of these disks is in the same availability zone as the instance and allows you to be able to access that data very frequently um, and quickly from your, light, your, from your application on the instance. Like all of our LightSail um, services, we're focused on ease of use. So I won't talk much about this, Gabriel, you'll see how easy it is to uh, manage block storage when Gabriel shows you in the demo. Um, but we, it was important to us that we made it scalable. So like instances, you can scale um, these, uh, the block storage up um, from snapshot, and you can um, make them up to 16 terabytes. So you can make very large block storage attached to your LightSail instances, um, and up to 15 instances per instance, or um, disks per instance. Uh, and finally, each one of our um, block storage disks is encrypted by default, so the data is encrypted at rest and in motion, so it's very, again, very important that we're keeping things secure without necessarily you need to understand a lot about what's happening um, behind the certain scenes. So I won't go into a lot of detail about this because you're going to see it in the demo, um, but basically allow you to very quickly create your disks, as I mentioned, up to 16 terabytes in size. Um, you can manage your disks from the central dashboard. And so one of the things I think we do, um, we focus on trying to um, do for our customers is to consolidate resources in one place where it's very easy to see everything that you have. So you can see there's a storage tab where you can manage all of your disks, an instance tab where you can manage your instances. And we also show them to you across all regions. And so we have sort of the concept of having a global console as opposed to you needing to go and manage each of those resources individually in a regional console. Um, and then finally, you're able to back up snapshots. So we've got two type forms of backup. One, you can, if you take a snapshot of your instance that has attached disks, it'll take a snapshot of all of it, and so you can recreate that environment easily. And then you can also individually snapshot each of the, um, the disks. So let's see it in action. All right. So I'm back on the uh, LightSail homepage on the Instances tab, and I want to add a disk. So I've got two ways that I can do this. I can either go to the storage tab and create a new disk, but 
Um, one of the things that we've actually done intentionally in LightSail is to think, okay, how is a user really going to um, want to, to interact with this? So I've got this Nginx server. Uh, you know, I've got so many GIFs. I need to add another disk. Um, so I'm actually going to, oh, I've already got one disk. Um, I'm going to attach another one. Uh, and it's as simple as, okay, I'm going to create a new disk. Um, I have, because I came from the instance page to the disk page, um, it already set the same avail or yeah the same availability zone as the instance um, because you want low latency between an instance and the the attached disk they have to be in the same availability zone uh, we wanted to make sure that this was as seamless as possible so that's why we created this path all right so I can create an eight gig disk um, we've got some presets here but you can also customize as Emily said you can bring it up to 16 terabytes and we'll show you what the uh, calculated estimated cost will be for the month if you use it for the entire month. All right, so um, I'm going to create a disk demo. Five, just in case. And okay, so I've created the disk. It's in the same availability zone. Some disks, especially large disks, take a while to, to attach. So well, we brought you to this page so you can now um, attach it to the server that you started with. Um, so okay, now I've got a disk. I'm going to fill it with all sorts of GIFs. And those are really important to me. So I'm going to uh, want to snapshot it so that I've got backups. Um, I can either snapshot the disk individually here, or uh, if I go back to the attached instance, which I can do through a click, we again try to make everything easy to find, um, I can actually go to the snapshot section here, and when I create a snapshot, it will actually um, create a snapshot not only of the system disk, but the attached disk, any disks that are attached at that time as well. So you can get you know, an, a real uh, version of whatever it was that was running at that time. So I'm going to hit Create. And it's as easy as that. We're um, off to the races creating a snapshot. Uh, so let's say that I want a duplicate of this Nginx demo for some reason. Um, I can do so quite simply by going to create a new instance from the snapshots view. Uh, it's already selected the same region because snapshots are regional. Uh, but because this is a new instance, um, it was in zone A, I'm going to actually create one in zone B so that I've got cross availability zone redundancy. Um, because this was already a $20 or you know a $20 instance bundle, uh, which mostly means for our cases that it has a 40 gigs uh, SSD, you can't actually scale that back down because you know how do you shrink that disk? So um, you can scale up, but once you've created a snapshot at a certain size, you can always go up but not down. Um, of course, you're free to copy the data across, but it's just not something that we can do automatically. So uh, here we're going to call this Nginx Demo 2. If I can uh, select. And you can see, because I already had a disk attached to it, um, I get to give it uh, whatever name here. It will automatically create a new name for it, but um, you do get a, a degree of control with what the disks attached to an instance snapshot, uh, from Snapshot uh, will look like. So you can see I've got a bunch of things in zone A, and now I have this Nginx demo in zone B. Um, 
One thing that I didn't mention earlier was the fact that in networking, if you want to uh, attach that static IP that uh, Emily was mentioning earlier, you can actually do so by just simply clicking create static IP. Same principle as with disks. Uh, we wanted to make it a, as easy as possible. Um, in this case, it's already going to be attached to this instance, um, and I can click create to create a static IP. And that will be attached to my instance. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Emily. Awesome. So if we think about our path now, we've created our first instance. We've maybe made it bigger via snapshot um, based on the resources we need. We've maybe attached a disk. So the next thing that we allow you to do in LightSail is um, load balance. And so this is brand new um, as of yesterday. And it's available in all of our LightSail regions right now, so you can go play with it after we're done here. And um, something we've done in addition to making, of course, an easy-to-use load balancer, is that we've also um, integrated certificate management with this so that you're able to um, very easily add certificates and support HTTPS traffic through your load balancer. Um, so you know, like everything we do in LightSail, our focus on load balancing is to make it easy to use, um, to make it something that uh, you don't necessarily have to have a whole lot of expertise in order to be able to create a load balanced application. And of course, you create a load balanced application for um, being able to increase the availability of your application. So all of our instances, um, all of our load balancers help you increase your availability um, in a couple of ways. The first is that we only send traffic to healthy backend instances. So for those of you familiar with other AWS services, we similarly have a health check path that allows you to set a pathway um, that we ping before we send traffic and make sure that that instance is up and running and available to accept traffic. Um, and if it doesn't accept uh, the, if the you know, ping comes back and error doesn't come back, then we don't send traffic to that instance. Um, we also allow you to architect by having a, a high availability by having your instances across availability zones. So it doesn't matter to the load balancer what availability zone um, the instance is in, it'll um, route traffic to it just the same. Um, and finally, the load balancer itself is, um, you know, scales up to handle um, spikes in traffic, you know, automatically. It's a, it's a very, uh, very powerful <laughs> tool, um, and that allows you to be able to handle variability um, in the traffic in your website um, with knowing that you're still going to have excellent performance for your customers, that nothing's going to go down, et cetera. So and then, as I mentioned, we allow you to build um, secure applications by enabling HTTPS uh, traffic. So we have free um, TSL and SSL certificates that are included with use of a load balancer. And we have an entire management experience that's built into the console to make it very easy for you to request those certificates, for you to add them to your load balancer, uh, et cetera. And finally, just like everything at Linlight Sale, we're focused on predictable pricing. So our load balancers are $18 a month, and that's it. Um, there's no overages, nothing else. And um, again, like an instance, you are able to, you're only billed for the hours that you're using that load balancer. So I'm sure many of you in the room being here to reinvent are familiar with how load balancers work. Um, but you know, this is a basic diagram um, of our load balancers. So again, we can accept HTTPS or HTTP traffic. Um, we have the load balancer. And then this is um, load balancer is distributing across four instances that are spread across two availability zones. So again, this increases the availability of my instance. Um, 
in many cases, I may want to add a, a database to this. So a lot of the applications that we support um, in the console for our light sail are, already have a built-in database for their instances. And if you're going to have uh, be architecting an application with a load balancer, you want to make sure that your data stays consistent. And the way, easy way to do that is to be able to add a central database, disable the database that's on the individual um, instance, and then route to that central database. And you know, one of the real um, advantages of LightSail is you have a variety of options on how to do that. You, know, you can add your load, uh, a database instance um, inside of your LightSail account, but you could also connect to one of the AWS database services directly um, using um, VPC peering, which we'll talk more about later. Um, so you could uh, be, uh, choose that your database node could be RDS, for instance, um, and again, be able to architect a more powerful application by having a wider range of database options. And then finally, as I mentioned, um, you're able to, uh, if the traffic on um, you know, four is down for some reason, it comes, the health check comes back as unhealthy, we're not going to send um, traffic to that instance. We're just going to continue to route it to the three instances that are telling us that they're healthy. So I won't go take a lot of time on this because um, Gabriel's going to show uh, all of these features. But you, know, you create and configure um, your load balancer, so you have a couple of options. You can choose to enable HTTP. Um, all, of our load, um, yes, <laughs> all of our load balancers um, support HTTP traffic automatically. Um, and then you can choose to customize your health check path if you'd like to. Um, and you can also enable session persistence, which is um, important for especially applications that have features like authentication. Um, so that um, session persistence sends your visitors to the same server during a certain um, duration of time so that, again, in the authentication uh, example, uh, your customer continues to be logged in for their entire session, that they're not logged out by being sent to a different instance. You can manage your load balancer. Um, there's, again, you're able to see them all in one spot um, in the console. Um, you can attach and detach instances um, and you know, attach more target instances if you know you need to scale up um, for an event. And then you can manage your certificates. So you're able to uh, request your certificates and um, validate that you own them and then see other details. Um, one thing I do want to call out about certificates that we can't demo easily uh, is that we do offer managed renewal. So this means that if you um, are using your load balancer or your certificate on a load balancer and you've kept your DNS records for validation, we'll sh show you how that works in just a second, um, it'll, it'll automatically renew the certificate for you. So let's look at this in action. You guys will be some of the first people to see this, because like I said, it's only been live for maybe, I don't know, less than 24 or about 24 hours. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. So uh, here we are again on the LightSail homepage. So I'm going to switch over to the networking tab. You can see that I already have a load balancer, but let's create a new one. Um, because a load balancer is pretty straightforward in our case, uh, really the only option that you have here is which region do you want to create it in? We'll stick with Ohio because that's where everything we've created is so far. But again, this is available across all of the regions in which we already have presence. Um, here we wanted to call out the fact that HTTP is on by default. HTTPS is available with some additional configuration. We know that people want HTTPS, so we are uh, you know, making sure that people know that it's available to them. So I'm going to create um, load balancer demo 2 and create. And effectively, I've got a load balancer. Now, I can't really do much with it because I need to attach some instances. 
I might want to create my certificate, but that's all. Uh, that was the first step, at least. Okay, so I've got my load balancer. I want to attach a couple of instances, so nginx demo one. And one of the things that Emily mentioned was the fact that um, we have this health check path. By default, we'll hit you know the slash um, the home directory of uh, whatever the the instance is. But if, for example, your home page makes a lot of database calls and you want to have a custom health check path that just does a basic sanity check and doesn't you know query as much, you can totally set that to something optional as easily as saying uh, you know I'll call my health check m i up. Um, and so if I hit save, um, in this case I don't have the MI up route, but if that was what it was called, um, that would be what I'd use as my health check. I'm going to attach another one just because that is the whole point of a load balancer. Um, and then I'll we'll show you how we get the coveted HTTPS. So um, as you can see, it's saying, okay, I want HTTPS, but there are no certificates available. So in order to do that, I'm going to create a certificate, and I'm going to create one for my lightsaildemo.com domain. And um, if I wanted to, I could create either subdomains, um, up to nine alternate domains are available on a certificate. So if I wanted uh, blog.lightsaildemo.com, if I wanted lightsail-demo.com, because sometimes you have some uh, adjacency, or if I was hosting a couple of different um, sites on a same server, I could add, again, up to nine additional domains. They do not have to be the same uh, root domain. And I hit create. And um, what we're going to get back in a moment here is the actual um, the validation keys that I actually have to put in to validate my cert. So uh, some of you may have used uh, similar products before, and you have to go through some email uh, confirmation. In this case, what we've done is um, there's a DNS validation. Um, and so what I do is I go to uh, my registrar, or in my case, the LightSail DNS editor, and I add a CNAME record to say, yes, if you can find this CNAME record, I actually own this domain. So if I copy this, I can go to LightSail home and uh, my DNS zone that I've already configured. As you can see, the CNAME already exists here because the, um, it's based on the certificate. So if you've already created the CNAME for uh, a certificate, um, it, will be, it will be here. But what I would do is I would simply put in the CNAME record um, that appears here. And this is what I, all I need to do to actually validate that the cert, um, th validate that I own this domain. Um, as I said, it's giving me an error because I already created the certificate or the CNAME record before, but I wanted to bring you through the steps. So now, um, it's had time, it's, it's still validating in progress. Oh. Yeah, so now I've got a valid certificate. Um, and in order to enable HTTPS, I need to attach that certificate. Um, and so now I have HTTPS traffic uh, enabled on my LightSail server. Um, so to prove that you know, this is actually working as expected, I'm going to go to LightSail 
demo.com. Um, I had a load balancer previously uh, set up, and there you have it. Um, I have my uh, Nginx servers attached to the other load balancer, uh, and that it was as simple as that to get started. Um, and with that, I will hand it back over to Emily. Um, do you want to show the DNS as well the, for um, oh. setting up your load balancer? Sure. Another cool feature that we um, included for uh, for load balancer launch. Right. So I've been working on this feature for a while. So to me, I, you know, it's the <laughs> I see the screen every er, for a long time. Um, but one of the things with the load balancer is that we have a DNS name. Um, for the load balancer, not a static IP address. And so generally, for an A record, you can't use an A record for a top-level domain. It's just one of the, the quirks of DNS. So there, there's a system of an alias record in this case. And if I want to alias my lightcelldemo.com to an, a load balancer, it's as simple as choosing lightcelldomain.com and then clicking on the load balancer that I want to route it to. This won't work because I already have my, uh, I have an A record for it, but um, this is all I would need to do in order to alias a top level, a root domain to a load balancer. All right, back to you. Okay. Awesome, thanks. So that brings us kind of to our final step um, of scaling out your application, which is connecting to AWS services. So you can um, connect your LightSail instance to um, many of the 100 plus services that we offer today in AWS. Um, and you're able to connect them in two different ways. One is a, um, you can enable VPC peering through um, your LightSail console. So for those of you not familiar, you, um, all of your LightSail resources are inside of a virtual private cloud. Likewise, many of your um, AWS resources are in the console. And so you're able to connect those two or can you be able to allow them to communicate um, via peering. And you're also able, um, for not every uh, AWS service uses VPC peering, only some of them do. And so you're also able, for many other services, to connect them to your LightSail instances just over the internet. So here's a few examples of um, services that you can connect via peering and um, um, using over the internet, just from your AWS account. So um, this is no, by any, no means an exhaustive list, it's just a few examples that we think are, could be interesting for people who are building applications on LightSail. Um, and, you know, and we think this is you know, one of the great, um, I guess, advantages or powers of LightSail um, uh, you know, as a simple virtual server that we are able to, or that you are able to as you're building out applications, use the AWS console, use AWS services, explore and connect them back to your LightSail instances um, as you grow. Uh, so Gabriel's going to give you a sort of a short demo on what this might look like for, um, for RDS. So as I mentioned, um, before, if for a load balancer, a load balance application, in many cases, you're going to want to have a central database for those instances. And so RDS would be a great option for that. Um, you can turn on peering and then connect. Right. Thanks, Emily. So this is actually going to be more of a demo on the AWS side. Um, but the first step that we have here is in order to securely connect to RDS, we want to use VPC peering. So by default, LightSail has a VPC, and you would have a default VPC for your general AWS account. So in order to connect those two securely, um, we have VPC peering enabled. So if you go to the account section under advanced, um, you can see I've already enabled VPC peering in Ohio. 
but you know, it's as easy as clicking a checkbox. And I've now got VPC peering enabled between uh, my LightSail resources in Virginia and my default VPC in uh, Virginia for my AWS account. So um, flipping over to the AWS console, uh, what I want to do is create an RDS uh, instance. So I'm going to go to RDS. And I want to create a new instance. And I'll choose Postgres. And for this, because it's a demo, I will use DevTest. And there are a number of options here. But the one that I really wanted to call out, because it is something that um, can be uh, confusing to some users is um, by default on the uh, old RDS page, your it would say public availability zone, um, it, it publicly available, uh, publicly available. Uh, you would have it would be set to yes by default, but we actually want it to be no so that it definitely goes through the VPC peering and your RDS instance will be secure. Um, I could, you know, type in all the, the values here, but I've already got an instance set up. So I just wanted to show you, okay, so I've got load balance, light sale. Um, when you create an RDS instance, uh, one of the options will be to create a new security group for it, and so I did. And with the security group in AWS, again, very important step. Without this, you will not be able to connect to RDS. Um, is that in LightSail, the private IP addresses for your instance are going to be, um, for example, for my Nginx server, uh, 172.26. So for Ohio, it's 172.26. And then the other uh, parts of the IP address range uh, will vary depending on the instance. So in my EC2 management console, I've added this record to say, for Postgres traffic, I want to allow incoming uh, requests from the range uh, 172.26 slash 16 just means that anything after the first 172.26 will not be counted in the filtering of the traffic. So um, it's a little bit permissive, but at the same time, you've got, you know, you're, you're going from one private VPC to another uh, there aren't that many resources that are going to uh, satisfy this IP range. So um, I've got all, all that set up. Now I can SSH into this Nginx demo and um, I should be able to telnet into, what's the IP address? They just activated a new UI for RDS. So of course, I got the, the new sample right as I wanted to demo. Uh, um, so because this is Telnet, I won't really be able to do much with it, but I wanted to show that um, it is see, like finding the IP address for it. Um, I'm probably not connecting on the right port here, but uh, it's, you know, we've definitely got access from LightSail to an RDS instance. Um, and 
this is one of the, the ways that you can connect securely to other AWS resources in LightSail. Pardon me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think last time when I tried the port number, it actually, um, it, yeah, five, Actually, it may have to be a separate argument. Oh, oh just port. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can see I've connected. I've actually successfully connected because we're on the right port. Thank you. So um, you can see that this Nginx server can attach, but if I was to um, connect from my local laptop, uh, why is that not? Um, it's trying, but it won't be able to connect because the security group isn't set up. So, um, yeah, it is not. It is only accessible to my LightCell instances. So with that, I will flip back to Emily. Awesome. Thanks, Gabriel. So you can see you can play with the AWS console, maybe a few more steps in order to be able to do, connect something like RDS than what we have designed in LightSail, but it definitely allows you to create more powerful, more scaled applications to have access to all of those AWS services. So with that, we're just going to um, recap. So we um, you know, talked a lot today. Um, I, guess, I know a lot of you, again, are new to LightSail, so hopefully you've learned a lot. Um, maybe have some ideas in mind of ways you could use LightSail for some of your workloads. Or, um, and so first of all, you can create your instances. You can create larger instances from Snapshot. You're able to create attached storage. Um, you can now load balance your application as of yesterday. Um, and you're able to connect to your AWS services. So with that, um, we'll open the floor to any questions that any of you might have um, about LightSail, um, about any of the features that we talked about today. Um, and thank you for coming to learn about LightSail. So um, the question was What's about the question. Uh, the, sorry, yeah, the question was about um, LightSail versus using something like EC2. You know, obviously AWS has a full range of features available to run um, web workloads, and so I mean the real differences are um, you know, simplicity um, and uh, the sort of the pricing model. And so for those of you who might be using EC2 today. Um, and there might not be a good reason for you necessarily to use LightSail if you're already comfortable in that environment and it's doing what you want. Um, but someone who's you know, becoming new to the cloud or someone inside of your organization that you kind of want there to be a more limited experience or um, that, it, it, that we offer sort of a simplified console, that we offer it very easy, very fast to get up and, um, and running for these applications. Um, and then the other is predictability around price. So you're able to know that if you have a $5 server, it's going to cost you $5 a month. Um, unless you just really have a data transfer, have, you know, we have some overages for data transfer, but you have to be over a terabyte for a $5 instance, which is hard to do. Uh, 
Um, I mean, it's meant for simple workloads that you could run up um, to spin up in the cloud. So, I mean, there's other services like Heroku or DigitalOcean that do something similar. Um, we, we had requests from our customers that we, they wanted a simpler experience inside of AWS um, for certain types of workloads that are going to move quickly. And so, you know, LightSail was our response to that. For an entire month, yes. Yep. So if you run it for part of a month or for a few hours, you're only going to be charged for the hours used. Um, we don't have second bill, per second billing yet, but we have per hour billing. Other questions? Okay, over there. Yeah, for light sale, unlike for EC2, if you stop the instance, you continue to be charged for that instance because you still are using storage and other resources, right? So. You can save a snapshot, and that's charged at a much lower rate. So snapshots are five cents per gigabyte per month, or something like that. Yeah, you could spin it up from basic. Yeah, exactly. So you could back up snapshot, shut down your instance, and then spin up a new one when you're ready to start using it again. Other questions? All right. Awesome. Um, I'm here to answer any questions that you have in the front of the room. So is Gabriel. Um, we also have light sales stickers that I've got up here. I don't know, George, you want to hand them out? Those people are leave if people want them. Um, so we have our light sale has a mascot named Sailbot that you saw a lot in the slides. And so we've got some Sailbot stickers for those of you who are collectors. Thank you.